Welcome to the Radiant Visalia podcast. Join us at one of our two services, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Download the Church Center app or visit our website, radiantvisalia.com, to stay connected with us. All right, enjoy. morning. Thanks for praying and extending. Uh, So I've had the privilege of being on staff here at Radiant for two and a half years. And uh, one thing about being at Radiant that is uh, constant is change. And uh, I've seen a lot of things kind of come and and change and evolve and move and um, I've come to see that that's kind of just the way that God rolls. That's that's not necessarily a radiant quality. That's a God quality. He changes things and uh, change is not bad. Against my popular belief that it is sometimes, it is not bad. It's actually good. And so we are in a bit of a startup season. Uh, like Travis was saying with these parties and packs, I feel uh, privileged and excited to coach and to lead alongside of you guys uh, to party and to pack in this new season. Uh, there's also startups happening with teachers. You've gone back to school now. You're still standing. Good. My, my brother's an eighth grade English teacher, and uh, I checked in on him to make sure he was all right, having a you know, a little bit of anxiety going from doing God knows what over the summer, you know, waking up whenever, and eating whatever, and not thinking about students or curriculum, and back into it now. And so there are some students here also that have just started back up to school, and you're probably going over some course syllabuses and what's going to happen, what's going to take place, and we are kind of in this startup season here together, and with the startup season, with those kind of uh, back-to-basic ideas, uh, that's what we're going to be marching through here the next few weeks. We're going to start this series called Fundamentals, and it's the fundamentals of our faith. And it's not all of them, because there's quite a bit of them, but there's a handful of them that we wanted to march through together. And when we say fundamentals or back-to-basic, it's not uh, necessarily like a coloring book. Or, you know, in, in like kindergarten, you have those little plastic bears where you're learning to kind of count and all that stuff. It's not childish basics. It's foundational basics. It's stuff that we never get away from. It's things that we never graduate from. We're always participating, always growing, always learning in. And so I was thinking uh, this week about the, the movie with Kurt Russell, and he's a hockey coach, and he's coaching an Olympic team, actually, and it's a great story partly because it's true, and uh, partly because there's, you know, good music behind it, and all the good scenes are in there, and uh, it's fast-forwarded to about an hour and a half or so. It's great, and in the scene, in in a scene in the movie, there's a a game that this team plays, and it's uh, not the best game. They're actually playing more as individuals than a team, and so the coach decides it's time to practice, so he makes them keep the jerseys on, hit the ice, and then run drills. And he just is shouting at them, again, again, 
again, again, and he's blowing his whistle, again, again, again. And this is kind of what I, this is what I have envisioned for this fundamental series. Uh, it was nice when Kurt Russell did it because he has a butt chin and good hair, and it just comes out, you know, it comes out presentable when he's yelling at you. Um, that won't happen here, I guess, in that way. I don't have a butt chin or n- nice hair, but, uh, and I probably won't yell that much as well, but it's the same kind of spirit that these basic fundamental principles is what we build everything on, and we'll never move on from them. We'll always be growing. We'll always be keeping these muscles strong. And so I get the privilege of talking about one of those fundamentals, which is hospitality. And so before um, some of you men check out, because I said hospitality, and you're thinking doilies and casseroles, this is not a manly gift. I want to clarify some things. And before, you know, maybe some of you um, who are thinking about the list a mile long of names of people that you want to have over, your house is a wreck, things are crazy, and you're just not getting to it, you're starting to feel a little anxiety from that, just want to stop, and I want to take a look at what hospitality really is, the richness of it in our history as Christians. Uh, I want to take a, a clarifying look that, of what hospitality is, and hospitality is a command. Hospitality is a gift, and hospitality is fundamental to everything that we do as Christians. Hospitality is not um, a, a, like a new word, or you know, it's, you may think of like restaurants and the hospitality industry getting a good review on Yelp for your restaurant. That may be in your mind, but hospitality is actually. It's not a man-made word. It's hospitality is a characteristic of God. It's a character of God. Hospitality is not an optional way to live as a Christian, but it's an obedient way to live to God's commands. Hospitality is a gift given to people for the advancement of the gospel, and it's also a gift given by Jesus to his people to strengthen the church. And with all of the commands and gifts that come with, from Jesus, done without a deep sense of love, hospitality done without love turns into an idol, and it falls flat from its potential. Hospitality is about treating strangers as equals by creating space for them to be protected, provided for, and taken care of as they're moving on the next foot of their journey. Hospitality usually involves a couple things. It involves people. You could be hospitable to animals, but it's at its best when you're hospitable to people. When you're uh, opening your home or your life to friends and families and strangers, Christians, non-Christians. Hospitality involves people. It involves a space, a home, An apartment, a coffee shop, living room. And it's not just a space, it's actually a protected space. It's a safe place. Hospitality offers a safe place for people to come and to be sheltered and to be taken care of. Hospitality also involves an invitation. It's it's an active word. 
There's an invitation that comes along with hospitality. You're inviting people in. You're inviting people into your home. You're inviting people in for a meal. You're inviting people in. It's, it's, it's an invitation that goes out. And then, above all, thank God, Almighty, it involves food. It usually involves food. Food's a big deal. It's a big deal because in about five minutes, the planning mill will fire up those ovens, and everyone here will start to just get a little uncomfortable in their seat because you'll smell the pizza that's starting to burn in there. Food's a big deal for our family. When we get together around our dinner table, we, we talk about three things. We talk about the people that we've been doing life with. We talk about God and what he's been up to in our life. And then we talk about food. We talk about the food we're eating. We talk about the food we've eaten. We talk about the food that we're going to eat in the next meal. We give tips on where to eat. We talk about who has the best this and who has the best that. These are the three pillars of the Turner Table Talk. This is what we, this is what we do as a family. This was strange for Rachel to come into. It's like we, we literally were eating lunch and talking about dinner. And she's like, what's wrong with you guys, you know? I, I know that there's probably people that you're thinking of right now that have been hospitable to you, that have opened their home to you. I talked with Matt Sampietro this last week and asked him what hospitality was, has meant to him. And he said it was actually the beginning of knowing God. There was a family in the church that opened up their home to him. They opened up their cupboards to him, and he was so confused. Why are you doing this again and again? Why are you making another meal for me? Why are you letting me come in on your family time and be a part of what you're doing? This is hospitality. When I think of hospitality, I think of my mother and my father. They are two beautifully generous people. My dad was a pastor in Tulare for over 20 years, and I, I remember uh, vividly Saturday mornings, I'd wake up as a, as a young child, and the normal thing was to get up, go to the counter, have some Lucky Charms, and then watch cartoons, because that's what a good Saturday was when I was a kid. And so I'd get up, I'd walk to the counter in my chonies, I'd sit down, I'd have my Lucky Charms, and then on my left... And on my right were two people having coffee with my mom. And it was a little strange, but it became normal. You're, t- you're hanging out with my mom, it can't be that weird or bad, I'm just going to eat my Lucky Charms and go watch Thundercats. I, I, I have, there used to be a joke in our family that our house was always unlocked except from the hours of 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. There was a small window in there where our front door was actually locked. And then throughout the rest of the day, there was just a revolving door of people coming and going. One of the best pictures I have is actually our Thanksgiving meals as a family. We constantly had people over for Thanksgiving. I don't remember a Thanksgiving where it was just our family. There were people from all over the place. I remember one year we had, a, we had Thanksgiving with four nations represented. There was a couple guys from Greece that I, th- I think knew my brother or my sister from college, and they came over. 
There was a family from Cambodia that opened up a donut shop in Tulare that my dad frequented and started preaching the gospel to them. And their hearts softened and they accepted Jesus. And they also accepted uh, my dad as kind of their dad, American Papa. And they came and brought donuts to our Thanksgiving table. There was a family from Canada that came. They were quiet, but it was nice to have them there. And then there was a, uh, the fourth nation that was represented was the nation of Bakersfield. <laughs> Vastly different people groups came and ate around the tables that we had set up. And it was just normal. You've probably got pictures of people and scenarios in your life that you're thinking of when you think of hospitality. Those gentle people, those generous people, you've probably got some images in your mind right now. What I want to do today is actually look at the Word and see what hospitality actually is. There are many pictures, and there is, uh, again, a rich history of hospitality with our God. At Radiant Church, we have a, a vision statement And it goes like this, we behold Jesus and put his brilliance on display. And we do that by living lives that are obedient to the word, surrendered to the spirit, and devoted to the mission. That's the first part of our vision and value statement. And I want us to see hospitality in each of these areas today. In the word, with the spirit, and on mission. What does hospitality look like here through this vision and values as a church. First of all, the Word has a lot to say about hospitality. The Hebrews writer tells us in Hebrews 13, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. That's weird and cool. Think about it. 1 Peter 4, 8-10 says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Hospitality is actually such a distinguishing mark, distinguishing character of God, that in 1 Timothy and Titus, we see that there are some requirements for shepherds. So pastors and elders, there's some requirements. There's a checklist for them. If you aspire to be a pastor or an elder, here are some of the the requirements for that. You must be a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined, and hospitable. It's, It's a distinguishing requirement for a leader in the church. And it's because Jesus, he's our good shepherd, and he's the lead pastor of the church. He himself was hospitable. He befriended outcasts constantly. He was gathering packs of people that always made others scratch their head. Why are you hanging out with these people? Why are you investing your life into these people? He ate with a lot of people again Great news. Jesus talks a lot about, you know, he he tells a lot of stories, he does a lot of miracles, and he eats a lot. 
This is a mantle that every pastor in this church is happy to hold up. We will eat with you whenever and wherever. We're glad to do it because Jesus did it. Jesus shows us the ultimate picture of hospitality. This is what hospitality is. Jesus invites us in to be a part of His family. He invites you and me to come into His family as family. Not as outsiders, but as adopted children, adopted sons and daughters. He invites us in to be a part of the family. And then, in John, he talks about going to build a house for us. He's going to make a space for us. God is going to make an eternal home for you and I. That's what Jesus is up to. And then, we see there's also an eternal party that's taking place in heaven. So when we think of heaven, you, you, know, you may think of like chubby cherub angels with harps and people singing and a lot of clouds. That's not the picture that we see in Isaiah or Revelation. What we see is well-aged wine and rich food and a banquet table. There's a feast. There's a forever party that's going on in heaven. So Jesus invites us into His forever family and gives us a forever home and invites us into a forever party and sets himself as our eternal host. This is hospitality. This is God's plan that everyone would be welcomed in. We get a great picture of what the church looks like carrying on the mantle of hospitality. In Acts, we see the first church and it's, it's, it's famous. If you've been in the church, you, you always talk about or hear of Acts. We're always comparing ourselves to this church. Because they met together daily. They shared meals. They sold what they had. They made sure everybody had what they needed in the community. They, get, they gathered such a reputation of this that their numbers grew daily. This is what our heritage is as a church It's a giving and generous heritage. But even before the church, and even before Jesus, hospitality is on the scene. In Genesis 1-2, through we see God's first hospitable act. He creates the world. Right? God makes everything. And then, He makes a garden. He makes a space For who? For us. For humans. For people. He makes a garden, a perfect space for Adam and Eve to live, to enjoy. To enjoy each other, to enjoy creation, to enjoy relationship with Him. They're safe. They're protected. They're unashamed. And they're working. God sets up jobs for them to do. And He gives them all that they need to do these jobs. He gives them everything they need to succeed in this place. And then sin enters into the picture. We screw it up. And then enters the scene Abraham and Sarah. God is going to build a nation among the rubble of creation. He's going he's to pick people to build a hospitable nation to to offer rest, to offer a glimpse of who God is to the rest of the world. And we find Abraham 
sitting outside of his tent in the heat of the day. And three strangers are passing by. And he runs out to them. And he says, come, come into my house. I'll feed you. I'll give you something cool to drink. I'll wash your feet. He prepares a beautiful spread for these strangers. And lo and behold, who is the stranger? God himself. Abraham welcomes God in and and fixes a meal for him. And from that, from that bed, we see God building a nation. Says to Abraham, I'll make your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea. And it started with a hospitable act from Abraham. And we see it continue on through, through Israel's history. They become a people. God's setting them up to be a people of rest for the world. To show them how the kingdom of God works. Who he really is. The Ten Commandments show up. And then there's a book called Leviticus. And Leviticus is all of the other commandments that come along with it. It's a long book with a lot of do's and a lot of do nots. And right in the middle of it, Leviticus 19.34, it says this, You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. We are putting the brilliance of Jesus on display when we are living lives that are obedient to the Word of God. And the Word of God commands us to not neglect being hospitable. Don't neglect this. Don't put this down. Don't forget this. Run the drill over and over and over and over again. This is who you are because it's who I am, God says. We also want to live surrendered to the Spirit here at Radiant Church. This means we participate in everything that the Spirit calls us to. And what the Spirit calls us to, He also graces us to do. He empowers us to do everything that He calls us to do. It is a sweet deal. He sets us up to win. He gives us His Spirit. This means that the excuses that pop up inside of my head and the excuses that pop up inside of our head, they don't stand up. The excuse of this, it's not my thing. It may be other people's things, but it's, it's not my thing. You know, the Condies, they're hospitable. They give their home to people who need it. But not me. You know, it's just, it's just not what I do. But it is what you do. Because it's what God commands us to do. It's like evangelism. You may think to yourself, I'm not an evangelist. But you're, re- you're re- responsible for sharing your faith with people. We're all evangelists. But some of us have strong gifts of evangelism. And it's the same thing with hospitality. Some of us may have strong gifts of hospitality, but it doesn't mean that everybody else gets to sit down and watch them do their thing. We participate to the grace that's been given to us. That means I am hospitable, and the Condies are hospitable, and you are hospitable to the grace that's been given to you. We we should lead out on the command to be hospitable and then discover the gift of hospitality. We do it because God said to do it. 
And then when we do it, we find that maybe we do have the gift. Maybe we are graced to that. Well, it wasn't that hard. It's actually pretty life-giving. Because many of us may know that when you're hospitable, when you're opening your life to somebody to bless them, what happens most of the time? We get blessed in the midst of that. When we open our home to someone and have them come in and we think they're doing, we're doing them a favor, they actually in turn do us a favor and teach us something. They give us a reward. They give us a blessing. So when I say, it's, no, it's not my ministry, it doesn't stand up. It is your ministry. Because if it's a ministry of the Holy Spirit, then it's our ministry too. If you, you know, you, you can't just say like, oh, this is not my ministry, you know, music is my ministry. This is where I really minister to people. So when you need this, come find me. Or if you say, you know, my ministry is actually to sit back and tell all the other ministries what they're doing wrong. That's my ministry. Thank you, Jesus. That's not real. That's not a real ministry. Nowhere in the Bible do we see that. It's not real. What is real is what we see Jesus doing and we participate in what he's doing. And what Jesus is doing is being hospitable. So the excuse of, it's not my ministry, is invalid. There's another excuse that pops up in my head sometimes. And it's this, it, hospitality is costly. It costs a lot, right? Because if you're going to have people come into your house and you're going to feed them, like, you don't want to feed them crappy food, you want to feed them good food. So, you got to get the good meat, not the cheap meat, right? It just starts to add up, you know? And then if we're doing this every day, like, i got a budget for this thing, right? This is, this is a lot. I don't know if you know what you're asking. And it's true. This isn't some kind of ploy to trick you into thinking that hospitality isn't costly. Hospitality is costly. But since when did following Jesus become anything but costly. What commands and what, what path that Jesus has carved out for us doesn't involve giving our very lives. Everything he calls us to is costly. Hospitality is costly because it's perfect. This ministry is perfect because we, we share our most prized possessions, the things that we're holding so close and so tight. Hospitality opens our hands with them. We share our family, we share our home, we share our finances, we share our food, we share our privacy, and maybe above all, we share our time. We share our very lives. This is what hospitality is. It's not a casserole plan. It's a life-giving plan. You give everything you have for other people because we've been given everything we have. We open our lives with hospitality. Church, we don't, we don't hold on to our lives to try to save it. We don't preserve ourselves that way because we lose our life if we do that. Jesus told us that. He said, if you want to really have life, you give it away for my sake. And then you'll find what you're looking for. Real life comes this way. 
Hospitality is resistance. It's resistance to a world that says, hoard, take what you've got, you've earned it. That person didn't earn it. They've got to work their way into your good grace to get what you've got. It's your home. You don't know who those people are. You've got to protect what you've got. This is what the world tells us. But hospitality is resistance against that. It's standing up to say, no, everything I have is a gift. And so I give everything away as a gift to other people. We say no to the ways of this world. And we say yes to the ways of God's kingdom. It's reckless what we're doing. But it's what God has called us to do. It's what he pioneered for us from the very beginning. Hospitality is love in action. Until we open our lives in this way, the reality of the church as a close-knit family is just a theory. It's just a good thought. Hey, brother and sister, feels good, right? Feels good to have a big family. Feels good to be a part of something. Yeah, we love everybody. We're Christians. Feels good coming out. But until there's actually some, some muscle on the bones of love, and that muscle is hospitality, it's only a theory. It doesn't measure up. It's just words. Hospitality is the handshake of the gospel. It's the hug of the gospel. It's love in action. Paul writes to us, in, well, he writes to the Romans, and I guess we can be Romans today. We get it. It's in the Bible. We're learning from it and growing from it. Romans 12, 9 through 13 says this. It's the fruit of living like God wants us to live. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I looked up the word practice, and the original Greek word for practice here is actually dioko. And it's an aggressive verb, meaning to pursue. It's a hunting term. It means to hunt down, to stalk, pursue hospitality. This is different, right, than just practicing. It's, just, it's different than like, oh, I gave it a shot. You know, I made a sandwich. I had a family over. It was weird. No. We pursue hospitality. We're hot on its trail. We're looking for opportunity to give away what we've got. We're looking for opportunity to open our home to people who need it. This is what it is to pursue, to be proactive When, we are, when, we're, we're, when we're working through hospitality because it's a good idea, because, you know, Jared said it's a good thing, you know. I've heard it's a good thing. It's a good feeling. That'll only get us so far. It'll maybe get you to one person over to your house, and then you'll get tired. But with the right perspective that we do this because we're being obedient to the Word, and we're being surrendered to the Spirit, this will carry us. He empowers us to do what He commands us to do. He is a good and gracious God like that. 
He's not setting us up to fail. He's setting us up to flourish. By living hospitality out in our homes and our lives, we're also being devoted to the mission of God. Jesus came into the world and he called all of the weary people to himself. He said, if you're tired, if you're heavy heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. He feeds the hungry. He mends the broken. He eats with sinners and tax collectors. He washes his disciples' feet. And ultimately, he bleeds for us. He gives his life for us to take away our sin and to deal with our unbelief. And then he provides a way for us to rest. We don't have to strive anymore. This is the good news. This is the gospel news of Jesus. You don't have to earn anything. It's gifted to you. You don't have to strive anymore. He's done it for you. He's exchanged your life for His life. His righteousness is now yours. So I want to look at three things real quick. That's a trick that most preachers say. It means 20 more minutes, not two more minutes. Real quick, I want to look at three things that we will provide for people with hospitality. When we're living in gospel hospitality, this is what we're doing. We're creating space that allows people to be themselves, to become renewed, and then to do the works that God saved them for. When we're creating space for hospitality for people, we're creating space for people to be rested. In a broken world, where people are marred by the effects of sin, we need rest. People need rest. We're a people at rest as Christians. And we provide space for others to rest. You may be saying right now, well, Jared, I am not very rested. If you knew what was going on last night or this last week or this last month, you would know I cannot invite people into that because that ain't rest. I just want to extend again to you the invitation of God to come, to rest in His infinite grace over your life. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to make your life count. It counts. If you've never accepted the invitation, that is it from God today, to come and rest. Rest in what He's done on your behalf. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were naked in the garden. They were naked and unashamed. They weren't covering up. And if we're in Christ, we're clothed in His righteousness. That means we don't have to put on a facade. That means we don't have to pretend like everything's okay. Because everything is okay. We don't have to be ashamed anymore. And when we open our homes, we offer people rest to say, come, Come as you are. You don't have to pretend to be like something you're not. Regardless of the wrinkles or scars of sin in your life, you're loved. And you can come in. When we are living gospel hospitality out, we are creating space for people to become renewed because God God didn't send Jesus just to save us from our sin, but He also came to restore us. 
into whole beings to fix what was broken inside of us. And this is it. Jesus made space for people who were broken down. Think about Peter. Jesus calls Peter as he is. I've heard it said that he had a foot-shaped mouth because he kept putting his foot in his mouth his whole life. Throughout all of the scripture, we see him doing this. But Jesus made space for him to come as he was. He loved him as he was, and then he became who he was intended to be because Christ rubbed off on him because his life was exchanged for Christ. And so gospel hospitality makes space for people to be known as they really are and ultimately to be led with the Holy Spirit's help to healing and wholeness through Jesus. The third thing that that will happen with gospel hospitality is this. People, People will come into a space to do works. See, the gospel moves from who God is and what Jesus has done right in to doing the works that he's created for us to do. Jesus came onto our level, his enemies. He died for us. He spent everything he had to clean us up. Gave us his righteousness and then he sent his Holy Spirit to empower us to empower us to do everything He created us for. There are things inside of you that you know that you were made for. It's that yearning and longing that says, I, I was made for something good. Every person here was made for good works. It's why you, it's why you buy Tom's shoes. Because you're going to buy shoes anyways, so you want to buy shoes that help somebody out. Because you were made for good works. You, you were made for that. This is what was intended for your life. And so when you come to God, you receive His grace. You receive His Holy Spirit. You're empowered to do the very thing you, you know that you were made to do. I know I was made to do good things. And now you can because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. When we engage in gospel hospitality like this, we're asking this question constantly to ourselves. How do we create space for the stranger to be rested, restored, healed, and prepared in Jesus for the work God has called them to? We're asking ourselves this daily. We're asking ourselves this constantly. Throughout the day, in our jobs, in our homes, how are we making space for people to be rested, to be restored, and then to be set up to do what they were really made to do? Ultimately, hospitality comes from a life of worship. We set our eyes on God's grace and His generosity towards us. It's not a duty. It's a response of love and thankfulness for what God's done. He's invited us in. Hospitality emerges from a grateful heart. When hospitality isn't given from a grateful heart, it's often extended reluctantly. You're kind of just grinning and bearing it. And what that does is it exhausts you. It wears you out. And beyond that, it actually wounds the people that you're being hospitable to. It does the opposite. Generosity 
a grateful heart. It's, it's what pours out generosity. It's what pours out hospitality. You were far off, and God invited you in. I was an enemy of God, and he came after me. We have been called. We have been restored and renewed and refreshed by the gospel. And now we've been given a stack of invitations to dish out to people, to come to the party, to come to the rest, to come to the renewing fest that's happening with Jesus. You've got the invitations. You're set up to win with the Holy Spirit. This is what gospel hospitality does. So, the final charge for us, Radiant Church, let us pursue hospitality. Let us look for it in every opportunity that pops up. Let us keep our eyes peeled for it, searching for ways to give away what we've got, planning, scheming for ways to get people in, to have a meal, to shelter people, to give away what we've got. Everything is a gift. And so we gift it away to people. Join us. Lead a party. Lead a pack. Open your life up. Open your home up. Open your heart up to people. Risk it. Go for it. You'll win with Jesus. It's for Him. It's not for you. There are poor college students in this church. Cook them a meal. Invite them in. There are people who have moved here from another state. They have no family here. Invite them into your most sacred of holidays. Give away everything that is near and dear to you so the gospel can go forward. So people can feel the tangible invitation of Jesus to come and be rested. You can have everything in the cupboards. God will provide. You can have my time. Because God will provide. You can have my energy because God will provide. Listen. Listen for people who are coming through. We're a part of a bigger family with new frontiers. And there are people constantly coming through here. Don't let them pay for a hotel room. Open your home up to them. Open your bed up to them. Say, here, you can have this. I'll sleep on the couch. Look for opportunities to give people Give people your home. Give people your food. Give people your time. Invite people in because you were invited in. This is it for God. He desires that none would perish. Everyone gets an invitation. You got an invitation. You didn't deserve it. You didn't look pretty enough. You didn't show up to church enough. You got an invitation to come in. You have the invitation now to send out to people. I want to pray for us as we set forward to continue and grow in hospitality. I want to ask that we'd stand up together because it's a pursuing thing. It's an active thing. It's not a sitting back on the sidelines and letting hospitality come to us. It's us hunting it down and saying, when I was far off, God came for me. When I was an idiot, when I was losing my mind, Jesus showed up and asked me to be a part of his family. 
Jesus. We're grateful people. We're grateful for what you've done. You did what we couldn't do, God. You came for us when we were far off. You rested our souls. You rested our weary hearts. We were trying to make up. We were trying to impress. And we were falling short. And you came in. You made up the difference. You gave us your righteousness. I'm so thankful, God, for what you've done. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us up to be your generous people here in Visalia? To be your generous people here in the valley? You change people, God. It's your spirit that changes. It's your spirit of hospitality that changes us. It's your spirit of hospitality that will change this city, God. We just want to be obedient to it. We want to follow you. We want to be hot on your trail, God, of what you're doing and who you're calling us to be and where you're calling us to go and what you're calling us to give. Holy Spirit, come now and fill us up afresh. Fill us up again. We don't want to be stingy like we were before. We don't want to be choosy like we were before, God. We want to be generous like you. Oh God, just a word or a touch from you changes everything. Would it be through our homes? Would it be through our lives that people are touched by you, God? May we be a people of rest. We love you, God. Keep building your kingdom here. Keep building your kingdom through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great day. Invite somebody over. Invite me over. Do it again and again. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We want to be a resource for you as you walk with Jesus. So please connect with us at radiantvicelia.com. Until next time.